0: Grow Solvers. How's it going? Welcome back to Great Lengths at the Good Grow Great Podcast. I'm Talia Toha. How are you guys doing? How are things with you? How's your week going? How's your day going? I know that some people... What's funny is this week was like, it's, this is the most amazing week ever. And then the next day they go, oh, this kind of sucks. And this is life, right? This is how we're doing it. And we want to kind of learn a little bit more about how to really normalize and just kind of smooth out that up and down curve in our lives, right? Which is why today I'm actually wanting to share with you the story of how one person took this amazingly difficult to challenge and trial in her life and turned it into triumph which I think is absolutely amazing. This is a story of Nilma Laureano and Nilma is a practicing designer and a certified for design for uh, aging in place and She's been in love with design all her life, but it wasn't until an untimely life change and death of her loved ones that made her kind of rethink her career path. Now with her business at Interiors BYLS... She combined two passions into one while allowing seniors to stay near the people who they care about and people who care about people in their lives to let them stay uh, nearby without having to go to a different place. Now, she shared with us, number one, uncommon ways that you can turn any obstacle, right? Any obstacle into opportunities. Number two, how you can also, when you feel conflicted about your work, versus spending time with people you love in your life, your kids, your spouse, your partner, your friends, your hobbies, and even if those are conflicted, what can you do about that, right? And number three, she also shared with us small ways that your hobby can actually give you this big, massive freedom that you've always been looking for and how you can find that and how you can make that a reality. So without further ado, Growth Solvers, hit that subscribe and follow button. Let's dive in. All right, Noma, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Amazing. So actually, let's start with... Florida, because you're in the great state of Florida. And for our listeners who are outside the West, Florida is known for its beautiful weather, and gorgeous beaches, waterfront, all of the amazing things that you're looking for, basically, uh, in a place to live. And the reason why I want to ask you about Florida is because with working from home being so prevalent nowadays, right? And People are thinking about incorporating working from home into their day day to day life permanently. Perhaps, how is the state, and how are you guys? How's everyone uh, around you dealing with the you know the pandemic, the reopening? Is this something that you feel is going to be permanent where you are? Changing. Walk us through that a little bit, Noma.
1: Well, here in Florida, it's a little tricky because we had. Sort of a, a a research in in certain areas of the state uh, of the virus. So there's a lot of people that have chosen to continue to work from home, and you know, and, and because of unfortunately the uh, surge in in cases. Uh, however, uh, I think what I've noticed and what I'm seeing that there's a big push from homeowners to adapt. And I've learned from a lot of them that they are actually enjoying the process and enjoying being at home and working from home. I've noticed uh, companies are continuing to keep their employees working from home because they've noticed that they actually are much more productive. So I don't know if that's because of their comfort level of the employees being at home, or we just master the art of multitasking. <laughs> so it's, uh, but uh, um, it's, it's, I think we're in this for a long time and I think uh, we're, we're, we're in this for a bit longer than a lot of people expect or anticipate. and, and, People are just adapting and everything is is going virtual now.
0: I absolutely agree, and I think this is probably pre- more prevalent than we realize. It it's I don't I think we talked about that there's not necessarily going to be going back. It's just going to be a new normal. I think right. And uh, before we dive into because your specialty in interior design is serving the senior community and people who are 40 plus, 50 plus, and how you. Uh, serve them through interior design and making sure that they are creating this amazing, I, I don't want to say like uh past the horizon life, but, you know, a senior life that they, they feel proud of, that they feel good about. But before we dive into that, um, Nilma, is can we talk a little bit about where this passion comes from? Because when people talk about interior designs, they don't necessarily think about, oh, I'm going to work with this specific group of people, right? Where did that come from? What does that stem from? And can you share a little bit about your journey on that particular topic?
1: I My passion for interior design stems back to my teen years when I used to rearrange uh, my my grandmother's living room. And it was, uh, I would draw floor plans of my bedroom and how I wanted to rearrange it for the 45th time. And it was something that I always knew I enjoyed doing. However, my entire family was uh, of composed of teachers. <laughs> Everybody was a teacher. So when I Graduated high school and went into college. I went into college for teaching because I didn't even know that that was that interior design was actually a thing or a career. So that was uh, what I did first. Well, fast forward. uh, I moved to New York where my mother was living and my grandmother decided to make the move as well. So she sold her home in Puerto Rico and moved to New York where her only daughter and grandchildren lived and about six months after she made the move, we found out she was terminally, uh, she was terminally diagnosed with a brain tumor. And it was, it was devastating, but at the same time, we, we were glad that she was with us and that we were now going to go on this journey with her. The oncologist gave her about six months to a year because of the location of the tumor. But uh, for us, it wasn't an option for her to go to a nursing facility or for her to to leave the home. But my mother's house wasn't conducive for the way the disease was progressing, which was affecting her mobility. Her mind was sharp all the way till the end, but her mobility was where it was going to affect her. And all the bedrooms were upstairs. All the bathrooms were upstairs. So in my mom's house, we decided to turn the formal living room, which really wasn't used much because we had the family room and we had a dining room, into a second master suite on the main level. So she had her own space, her own bathroom. She was comfortable. She was able to participate in everyday life. We had a home health aide. Uh, come during the day while we were all working, they would come during the day to help her with, with the things that she needed help with and eating. And, and then in, in the evenings, we would take over from there. And just having her there and for her to be participating every day, spending time with her grandchildren, spending time with her great-grandchildren is probably the reason why her life extended past what the doctors and, and scientists told her that she would live. And so she actually went on to live another year uh, before passing away. But that last year was a, as happy as she could possibly be. And the highlight was she passed away in December of that year. And the highlight was her being able to sit at the table on Thanksgiving and actually sit up at the table and celebrate Thanksgiving with the family. And that was huge. And I I never forgot that because she was very important to me. So fast forward now 20 years and COVID hits and we're in a pandemic. And I'm seeing the news telling us that 49% of the deaths were from people in nursing facilities. And it was almost like a of flash it hit me that oh my goodness this this could have been prevented or somehow could have been and not to knock on nursing facilities because they do provide a very necessary service but my thought is if the homeowner did not have to have that as an option because they could stay home because they were safe at home would that have helped and it's it's that thought and thinking about how it helped my grandmother and that caused me to shift and, and put my love for design and my memory with my, my grandmother and, and just shift my business to focusing on such an underserved community.
0: Okay. So this is a beautiful story. And I want to touch on a few things and just pause for a second here and sub in for the audience who's listening. And because you had mentioned that with your grandmother being given six to 12 months left to live, right? And you and your mother determined of all things to basically make it as not just happy as possible, but as it's in a lot of ways, as functional as possible, right? You transform your living room. You made sure that at Thanksgiving that she can sit up at the dinner table and or at least participate and partake as much as possible. And I think we kind of forget that some of these small things in just within the four quarter, you know, the four walls of where we live do matter and does impact the way that not just we live, that the way that we basically impact other people, right, through our work or our lives. So I love that you had shared how she lived, uh, I mean, of course, there are difficult times, I'm sure, but how the end of her life is this beautiful, just uh, peaceful almost and i can kind of hear you as you're describing this and i'm imagining a, a more peaceful setting which not everyone is blessed with right and i was just talking to somebody else on on the podcast about and they're also talking about how to create a good ending to your story. And doing that through interior design, which is very, very impactful. And I think the reason why your work is important, I'm so glad that you're sharing this with the whole audience, is that you cannot be bound, uh, and you shouldn't be bound by just, you know, the conditions that you live in. And, And I love that this has become a lifelong passion of yours. And I... I know a few people in the senior living and um, uh, affordable income housing industry, and it is hard work. It's a lot of work, and it is work that cannot happen without much love. So I highly, before we move on, I just want to obviously thank you for all that you've done for people around you, but obviously also for a grandmother. What a beautiful way to, um, you know, let, let her kind of put the bow tie on her and um, on her gift of life, if you can mention that. And um, so let's touch uh, for a second here, Nilma, on and I'm glad that you brought up COVID and the pandemic because this has now become basically the most, I think maybe shocking isn't the word, but maybe maybe disruptive uh, event, right, in all of our lives. And suddenly, a lot of people are working from home. A lot of them are finding that, you know, as much as they love their spouse and kids, that it's absolutely impossible and that they don't like it as much, that they don't like each other as much, you know, as they thought. So for the listeners who are kind of itching and just dying to transform their lives in any small way possible, right? And here on the podcast, I'm a huge believer and proponent of creating the biggest difference with the smallest possible, most meaningful step, right? How can they start doing that with their, um, you know, built environment, if you will, with where they live? Do they start in the kitchen? Do they start with having like a, a family conference to decide on what to do? Uh, and maybe you can weigh in a little bit with your design expertise, um, whether this is for seniors or people who have young kids or what have you. Can you weigh on that specific topic just for a second, Nilma?
1: The best bet, and, and, and I would say this is probably the first step, is having a family conference and coming up with a list and basically an interview with everybody in the household and have everybody write down their wants and needs. And then let's see, and, and which ones are, are of those, all those lists, where are the commonalities? And then have a, have a conference with your spouse, if there's a spouse involved, or with your banker, and, <laughs> and determine how much you want to invest. And I say investment because this is still your home, and whatever you put into your home, it is an investment, whether it's uh, uh, monetary because it raises the home value, it is for your own health and your own mental health and your own sanity. So no matter what way you look at it, it's an investment. So once you determine that, then you take that first space and and that's where you begin. And it's there are designers out there, you know, myself, included. I am actually putting together a step-by-step guide for those DIYers um, that would prefer to tackle it on their own or in phases. But there's a there is a process, but it is really important to understand the wants, the needs, and how much you are comfortable investing. Not what you're going to tell a contractor, what you are comfortable spending. And that will give you the direction on where to start.
0: Yeah, and I like this idea of starting with where you want to end up in, uh, end up with, right? Monetarily, aesthetically, uh, mentally, because I think a lot of people probably approach design and that whole process, or even just the process of being the recipient of a service or service provider, they kind of approach it in, in, well, I want X. And if it's not X, I don't want it at all. And X might be way over budget, right? And what they don't realize is they can basically create ways where, okay, this is the amount that I'm satisfied with spending, and these are some of the things that I absolutely must have, and these are some of the things that I would love to have, great to have, good to have, but not have to have, right? Um, And I think we always talk about basically starting and basically finishing what you want to finish with the start, right? With the beginning. And I like that you're highlighting that in in this process because what it means is that you can do it your own way. And I think what's applicable here is for all of the audience who's listening who have other types of businesses, most, of, most successful business owners, I notice does this as well, where they basically, they, uh, all of the, the goal is, has all been preconceived in the beginning. Yes, they can be a little bit more fluid in the process, but the, the framework, the structure is all created in the beginning, which is what I love about what you're highlighting here. And uh, so let's talk for a second here. Uh, Nilma, about your involvement in the senior community, and I wanted to ask you something that I wonder. I don't know if you've ever encountered uh, people who you work with, maybe your your customers or clients. I imagine that that work is yes, of course, it's it's technical. There's technical aspects of it, but um, you know, there's also a personal aspect of it as well, right? You're working personally one-on-one with them, perhaps, and. And this is kind of the, I'm sure a lot of listeners are curious to hear about this. Have you encountered basically one of your clients or people, the seniors that you work with, and have any of them shared maybe what are some of their biggest regrets in life, perhaps, now that they're a senior, now that they're looking back in their life, and they're maybe whatever, 60, 70, 80 years old, um, were they able to share some life wisdoms, if you will? And what are some of those that you can perhaps share with the audience who's looking for uh, for those sage kind of uh, life wisdom and life uh, quotes, if you will?
1: Well, I can tell you, for instance, uh, one of my current clients – uh, she's she's wonderful, and she's in her sixties, and 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 as is her partner. But one of the things that she has mentioned multiple times is that she wish she would have done it sooner. And she had she known that this was something that she could uh, approach with her house sooner, because for her when she found herself trying to decide whether to stay in her home or sell her home and, and move to an adult uh, active adult community because her and her partner are very active um, still today. They have some um, um, issues, but they're still quite active and he enjoys cooking, but their, their home is not conducive. And she hearing her say that she wishes she would have known sooner about this and that she would have known that this was an option, she would have done it sooner.
0: Yeah, this is, this seems to be a recurring theme, right? You keep hearing these these stories from not just in the interior design aspect and having the ability to create your life and your environment around your life in a way that it supports your work and life. But I think even in any kind of regrets, I always talk about regret as being one of the most corrosive things in the world, not just for other people, but for yourselves and ourselves. Because there's again and again, the saying is that I wish I had done it sooner. I wish I had done it then. Right. I wish I hadn't waited that long. And again and again, this is a thing whether it's breaking up with someone, whether it's starting their own business, whether it is it is looking at design and interior design as a way to support your your lifestyle in a way that – in your way, really. So I like that you're highlighting this because – Take it from the seniors, guys, because, you know, if they keep saying they wish they had done it sooner, it means that whatever it is that we're feeling as far as gut feel and our inclination, oh, this sounds right, this feels right, why not go for it? Why not do it now? And uh, I actually wanted to share this with the audience real quick. Nilma, I think Robin Sharma talks about this, and I forget the exact quote, but he talks about how you cannot live the same life every year for 75 years and call that life, right? And I love this because I think we often forget that we are living the same life every year for 75 years. And not to, obviously, it's good to be consistent. It's good to have found stability, family, everything. But if you do have this urge to recreate your life around interior design, um even in your senior years, and maybe even work with Nilma or people like her, this is something that we always have to kind of, uh, you know, I I wouldn't say go for it, but just definitely consider, take a look at, and put in check, right? So I love that idea. And um, so how about, and I want to go back for a minute here to your uh, grandmother, And, um, and let's talk about some of her final moments. If you're, if you're open to sharing with the audience and can you describe what some of those final moments look like, whether that's the final days, final hour, perhaps, um, you know, what's going on through your head? Because at that point, I don't know how old you were, but it sounds like you're still a kid, right?
1: I was actually, I was 21, 22 and it was I actually happened to be at work um when I received a phone call at work from my mom that my grandmother was asking for me, and again she her body because of the location of the tumor, her body shut down from her feet up, so she never lost her mind. She was sharp all the way to the end, and it was. And I knew immediately when I when I got the phone call, so I rushed home, and I remember looking at her, and she, we were very close, very close, and I remember looking at her, and she just held my hand, and she squeezed my hand, and she didn't say anything, but with the expression on her face as she was squeezing my hand, she said everything she needed to say, and then she closed her eyes and, and almost like she fell asleep. That's when she was moved into hospice. And in and, and hospice, uh, my mom sat by, and I sat by her side uh, for about three hours, I would say. And she passed in such a peaceful way that we didn't even know we the nurse came in to her room and and checked her, and she looked at us and then she's like she's she's gone, but I remember there was a moment that my mom and I both felt almost like something lifting out of the room, but we didn't understand we just I just remember looking at my mom and her looking at me like. Mom, well, did you feel that? I kind of felt that, and and but it was hard to explain. So we just kind of ha- continue holding her hand, and then, uh, yeah, I would say probably about forty-five minutes later, the nurse it was when the nurse came in and 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 checked to just to check on her, and and she's and she just looked at us and told us, "Yeah, she's gone." And it, it was so peaceful that we didn't even notice but we felt it. And the irony is that, you know, five years ago, my mom passed away in a similar way. And and it was my brother and I by her side. And it was in a very similar way, just like her mother did. So it was, it's one of those things that you just never forget, especially when it's someone that you're so close to. It's, you just never forget that. And all we can think is that we were glad that she was happy all the way till the end and she was home all the way till the end.
0: Mm. Thank you so much for sharing that because that is so beautiful. And I love how your mother's journey also mimics it. And her her kind of opening the, the closure of her life in some way is something that I don't know if embracing is really the word, but definitely the, the peaceful transition because a lot of times you do hear about stories, uh, who knows, right? Steve Jobs, a ton of people, just the few minutes of their life is is chaos, hectic, right? A lot of people rushing into the room and all these things. And what a beautiful way, I think, as we were talking about earlier, to create that good ending to your story, right? And and what's surprising is that you have created this directly and indirectly for your mothers and for other seniors out there through your business and into your design. And I want to Point this out to uh, people who are listening who are business owners in design or other industries, really, to basically really think about how some of the things that you do actually do directly and indirectly impact other people's lives and how they write the ending of their story, right? And this is so, so important. We're not here just to, you know, to grow the business or a lot of people grow their income. Of course, those are all important to run the business. But ultimately, these are really the reasons why we do this, right? And that's something that I highly, highly want to encourage people to remember. And Nilma is here to remind us with her amazing stories and and a gorgeous service in the interior design uh space and definitely in the sen- in the senior community and uh, and nilma believe it or not we are coming to the conclusion of our conversation and so if you can please share with the audience where they can find you and we'll wrap up the interview
1: interiors by LS.com is the best way to find me as the website and you'll see all the information. Your home has many stories to tell because it's been with you for a very long time. We just help you write the next chapter in it.
0: Amazing. Nilma. thank you for being on the podcast.
1: Thank you for having me. Growth
0: Solvers, hit that subscribe and follow button. Let's dive in.